The following is a reflection on the readings for Tuesday of the 10th week of Ordinary Time. Our first reading is from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 to 16. Our response is taken from Psalm 4 and the Gospel from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. Throughout this 10th week of Ordinary Time, the first reading covers the exciting prophetic ministry of Elijah in chapters 17 to 19 of 1 Kings. We do not know much about the prophet, as there is no introduction given in the text. He ministered during the wicked reign of King Ahab of the northern tribes of Israel in the 9th century BC. His name means, My God is Yahweh, and his ministry centers around defending the worship of the true living God of Israel against the false worship of the Canaanite deity Baal, which Ahab embraced. He also performed many miracles, including the raising of a young man who had died and bringing down fire from heaven. At the end of his ministry, he is taken up into heaven in a fiery chariot and with another saint, Enoch, were the only two figures in the Old Testament who did not taste death. So great was his ministry that the book of Malachi prophesies Elijah's return, quote, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, end of quote. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. Thus, when John the Baptist announces the coming of the Messiah in John chapter 1, people ask if John the Baptist is in fact Elijah. At the transfiguration, Elijah appears with Moses, representing all the prophets and the law, talking to Jesus about his new exodus. In yesterday's first reading, we witness Elijah's first miracle as he challenges Baal, who was the pagan god responsible for rain, thunder, and lightning by causing a drought in the land. God provides for our prophet by having ravens bring him bread and meat in the morning and evening and water from the wadi. When the brook dries up, God responds by sending Elijah to Zarephath in Phoenicia to meet a poor widow. Her generosity, faith, and obedience are equally as powerful as the miracles Elijah performs, testifying to God's greatness and teaching us valuable lessons. One lesson is that even in her abject poverty, she still manages to give from the little that she has, and as she gave, God provided for her and her son. I will now quote the amazing account of this miracle. This is 1 Kings chapter 17, starting at verse 10. And Elijah arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks, that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said. But first make me a little cake of it, and bring it to me, and afterwards make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of meal will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, so that she, as well as he and her household, ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, 
neither did the jug of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. So we are reminded that God cannot be outdone in generosity. We see this principle repeated throughout Scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 9-11, to 11, we hear, So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, so that, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, He has dispersed abroad, He has given to the poor, His righteousness endures forever. Now may He who supplies seed for the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. End of quote. So we are called to share our material resources, especially with the poor, knowing that when we do, we really give to Christ. This is the second lesson that our widow teaches us today. I am sure that she did not realize who she was giving food to, that she was in fact helping the great prophet Elijah when she shared the little bread and water that she had. For that, she is remembered throughout history. And as sacred scripture reminds us, what we give, we can never lose, because our gifts are stored up as treasures in heaven, as a firm foundation for eternal life. In the gospel, we are reminded that we are not only to share our material resources, but also and especially our faith and spiritual gifts. As Jesus tells his disciples, they are the light of the world and the salt of the earth, and that light must not be hid under a bushel basket, but shared with everyone who is still in darkness. Each one of us has been given gifts by God in very unique ways. These gifts are intended for the whole church and must be used for the building up of the kingdom. If we do not use these gifts, we will, in fact, lose them. That's what Jesus means when he refers to the salt, quote, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. What this widow teaches us today is that even if we think we have little to share, share it anyway, and God will multiply what we give so that we will always have an abundance. And our giving will act as a witness, as a light to the world and salt of the earth. May we freely share the many gifts God has blessed us with, and be the light for others and the salt that returns flavor to the day. Perhaps as we begin each morning, we can ask God to bring to our mind one or two ways to share our gifts, whether it is an encouraging word, a smile, extra patience shown to someone who is struggling, or one of these spiritual or corporal gifts of mercy that the church has set out for us. They are as follows. Under the title Spiritual Works of Mercy, to instruct, advise, console, comfort, forgive, bear wrongs patiently, and under the corporal works of mercy, feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, clothe the naked, visit the sick and prisoned, bury the dead, give alms to the poor. And when we do, we can say with today's psalm response, Lord, let your face shine on us. O Lord, you have put gladness in my heart more than when grain and wine abound. 